Six Figure Developer Podcast, the podcast where we talk about new and exciting technologies, professional development, clean code, career advancement, and more. I'm John Calloway. I'm Clayton Hunt. And I'm John Ash. With us today is Barrett Blake. Barrett is a developer, C-Sharp, Dynamics, Power Automate, SQL, etc. Manager, gamer, husband, father, Browns and Buckeyes fan, and board member for JS Friends Conference in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome, Barrett. Thank you. Good to be here. So before we uh, jump into the meat of things, would you give our listeners a little more, a little deeper introduction to yourself, you know, perhaps tell them how you got started in the industry? Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, uh, in one way, I'm a, a mid-career developer. I've actually been into computers since I was a little kid. My dad brought home a Sinclair ZX81 when I was, uh, I know, probably eight or 10 years old and been hooked on computers ever since. And started off, I went to college for a computer science degree the first time. College didn't really agree with me and I dropped out and Ended up in a few other jobs for about eight or 10 years. And uh, finally, my mid-30s, I went back and finished my degree and and uh, have been in computer science since about uh, 2003. I've been doing it professionally, 2004. Um, mostly in the .NET space, SQL Server, that kind of thing. Um, have been worked for all kinds of companies from big to small to startups to corporations. And I've been both manager and developer. And right now, I kind of do a mix of both. Um, right now, I'm I'm leading a team of Dynamics developers for Microsoft Dynamics, uh, working with a bunch of different clients around the country. Yeah. So, uh, what what uh, what's a typical day for you? Uh, what are you working on these days? Uh, a lot of what I do, like I said, is, is focused on Dynamics, and, and mostly a lot of what I do is uh, a lot of the the coding that uh, isn't specific to Dynamics. So, I do a lot of the .NET stuff, the SQL stuff. Um, a lot of the uh, like uh, Azure focused stuff, Azure Functions, Power Automate, uh, Logic Apps, that kind of thing, uh, Azure Data Factory, and then I leave the the specifics of Dynamics up to my developers, and uh, I also do a lot of the coordination with the clients and, and keeping them happy and making sure that their needs are met, and that my team's doing their job. Without giving anything specifically, what what are the kind of the problems that you're solving um, related to to that to Dynamics and what? Uh, I mean, the biggest thing, we have a, a mix of customers. Um, some of them are in the retail space. Uh, a lot of what we've done for them recently is making sure that their uh, point-of-sale systems are working, making sure that, you know, that their uh, ERP systems are working fine, that the integrations with the various you know warehouse systems and things like that are all working correctly, and that it all flows smoothly. Um, uh, for other clients, we just, you know, basically help them with whatever their day-to-day needs are, whether it's, you know, customizations or uh, uh, break-fix that kind of stuff. So it's really a, a lot of variety. So it changes from day to day and even from hour to hour sometimes. Yeah, that's a, that's not a bad problem to have though. I mean, variety is the spice of life. It's, it's always fun to have new and exciting problems to solve. And I saw you on Twitter, you were talking a lot about uh, things like power automate and power platform and, and um, you know, how, how does that fit in to this type of role? Uh, yeah, Power Automate has been kind of one of my passions in recent years. Uh, one of the biggest things that I love about Power Automate and, and the Power Platform in general is just that it makes your job easier as a developer. You know, there's a lot of stuff that 10, 10, even five years ago, we would have written these big, huge API applications or customizations or things like that to 
to handle interactions between systems, converting data, whatever it might be. Um, <clears throat> but these days, you know, because as developers, we want to be, uh, as one of my college professors put it, virtuously lazy. Um, we uh, we try to make our lives easier when we can. And and systems like Power Apps and Power Automate make our, our lives easier by simplifying a lot of that interaction, a lot of that passing of data back and forth, uh, being able to automate a lot of the business processes that you have to repetitively do day after day after day. So for those that may not be as aware, wh- what are we talking about when we're talking about things like Power Automate and the Power Platform? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I guess there, there's several sections to it. So Power Automate in general is a, uh, a business process automation tool. It's web-based. It allows you to uh, just automate, like I said, all of your day-to-day functions. Um, it has interactions that are available f- between that and I think it's over 500 connectors that they have available now, almost 600 to various systems. So if you need to take data from like a SQL server and put it into Salesforce or to, uh, you know, take files out of your OneDrive and, and email them out to clients on an automated basis, those are the kinds of things where Power Automate excels. Um, Power Apps uh, gives you the ability to create very simple applications very quickly Um Basically, you know, for the, for the very simplest app, you can just connect it to your data. It'll automatically generate the CRUD forms for you. And then you just make it available to your to your team and for, for your employees to work with. Um, they're both what they call low-code solutions. So there's not no coding involved. There is some coding involved. But um, it's something that uh, a lot of people who aren't professional developers are able to pick up and, and to uh, do for themselves. But it's also something that we as developers can can make use of to make our lives, like I said, a lot easier as well. Is um is that kind of like the uh, the evolution from uh, let's say uh, access forms to light switch? Uh, is it and it's now become uh, what power apps? Yeah, I, I think you could call that like the next generation of that, and and taking those things that uh, that we used to just stick an interface on something and 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 go, and and it's uh makes it a lot easier uh, uh, for a lot of different uh, data sources. So, you know, you're not just limited to, to uh, access a database or something like that. You could, you could stick it onto front end to your Salesforce uh, data system and, or, or your Oracle database or whatever it might be and be able to expose that to the employees who need to work with that data without having to develop a, an in-depth custom application. Yeah. I feel like I've developed the same forms over data forms over data application over 20 plus years it seems like the, the same crud applications are, are being recreated uh, for different clients in, in different industries is is this the promise of the citizen developer that it's someone with a, enough technical knowledge to be able to uh, implement a solution in in their line of business in their uh, role as a, an expert in their field I think it certainly gets us a lot closer than anything has to date. Um, and, and, and like I say, it just makes it all so much easier. And it's very uh, intuitive, the interfaces for creating that kind of stuff. Um, more so Power Automate than, than Power Apps. Uh, Power Apps are a little bit more code-based, so you have to have a little bit more knowledge there. But uh, certainly, I, I think just about anybody who has you know created formulas in Excel or have created even a, a PowerPoint presentation really has the capability of using something like Power Automate to automate some of your business activities. Could you go into a little bit more details, the difference between Power Apps and Power Automate? Yeah, Power Power Apps are about, uh, basically they're, they're like CRUD applications, you know, being able to create an interface to work with your data. Um, 
Power Automate is more about automation of systems. It, it may be interactive. It may not be interactive. Um, a lot of times Power Automate is triggered either on a schedule or um, or when something happens, you know, say, for instance, if I want to, uh, one of the ones that I actually have set up is whenever I publish a blog post to my to my blog, Power Automate actually picks up the RSS feed, detects that a new post has been uh, put onto my blog, and then automatically tweets about it and posts a link in. Says, hey, I've got a new blog post. Here's the link. Here's the title. Here's a, a short description. Uh, and and I, I don't I don't create any of those tweets myself. They're all automated in Power Automate now. So, uh, so like, okay, so I'm, I'm a developer and C sharp is like a warm, fuzzy blanket for me. And I'm bundled up in, in NuGet packages and sitting in front of the pipeline fire. Um, (laughs) why would I choose something like power automate or, or one of the other systems in this, in this platform, uh, over writing like a, an Azure function or an API? Well, I, I, it goes back to kind of my, my lazy statement earlier. Uh, <laughs> it makes our lives easier. It, it's, um, you know, you could spend four weeks creating this custom application, or you could spend eight hours in Power Automate, or, you know, you know a couple of days in, in Power Apps, whatever it is that you need to do, and, and be able to accomplish almost the same thing um, with a lot of the built-in functionality that they've already got in there. So it's, it's, it's all about saving money and, and making your life easier. Yeah, I got to imagine that the the ability to iterate quickly and and cheaply is is inherent in that because like you said you're not spending weeks upon weeks standing up infrastructure and and spinning up applications and figuring out uh data stores and things like that. It's it's something I'm I'm assuming it's something you can just spin up in an afternoon, uh prove out a concept and and then work to refine it from there. Yeah, it, it's it's really quickly like uh, an excellent example. When this whole COVID crisis first started, we had a client come to us and say, "We want an application to be able to register when our employees visit uh, various sites. It's uh, you know they have power sites all over the place, and they want something to be able to check, you know, to do like a daily health check for their employees. So you know each employee would go in each morning, go into this form and say, "Hey, I'm healthy," or you know, I'm, "I've got a fever today." Uh, or, you know, I'm, I'm fine, but I'm going to go visit this site and this site and this site today um, and something like that. And, you know, the our company had talked about at first, of you know, creating some kind of a, uh, ASP.NET web application for them. And, you know, I think the original thought was three or four weeks to do that. And then they said, well, OK, well, what what if we did this with just like a SharePoint list on the background and Power Automate on the front with a little form? And I had a proof of concept in about eight hours and, uh, and we had it deployed to the customer by the next week. So it's, it's something that, yeah, it's a huge time saver and being able to do something simple where you don't need it to be fancy. Uh, you don't need it to be real in depth. It works great in those kinds of situations. So, uh, I've never done anything with, uh, any of the power automate or power apps or, or Azure data factory. Um, I've, I've looked at Azure data factory, but I have no idea how to get started. Um, how would, Let's say a developer, since it's all development development concepts are already already present, how would a developer get started with those applications? So for all of those, I think the best starting place is actually the Microsoft Docs site. Um, they have a, a huge amount of documentation that they've created, and it's so much better than it used to be for for as far as Microsoft's own built-in internal documentation, what they let us have. Um, so that would be the first step for anybody is just to go out to those sites and, and look through what they have there. They have tons of 
direction, tons of tutorials built in. Uh, beyond that, there are a wealth of features or uh, a wealth of uh, resources on both YouTube and, and people's personal blogs, um, including my own, uh, to talk about all these various things and to help people get started. For instance, one of my favorite, uh, I don't know if you guys know April Dunham. She's huge in, in the uh, the power platform community, and, and she has a YouTube channel with tons of different videos on on, on virtually every topic as far as around the power platform. Uh, and that's one of my favorite resources that I like to send people to if they want to get started as well. Um, what about complexity? Like uh, you've you've listed some of the some of the things that Power Power Automate uh, would be good for, like that that uh, COVID tracking uh, system or uh, some of the forms over data stuff. Uh, but is there a certain level of complexity that one might be thinking about where they should just be like, no, Power Automate's not going to do it for me. I need to go do like traditional program. Yeah, uh, th- there are definitely uh, areas where where things can get really complicated, and and it's. Some you kind of have to evaluate on a case by case basis. You certainly can do complex uh, applications and flows in both Power Apps and and in Power Automate. Um, you know, for instance, Power Automate lets you have up to I think it's five hundred different steps in a in a flow, um, and and even within that, you can call out to other flows, so you can really have no limit on the the number of of uh, depth that you want to go as far as those go as far as that is. But um, yeah, there, there does come a point where yeah, if, if it's something that's going to be extremely complicated, if you have a lot of complicated business rules, if you have a lot of uh, complex needs as far as, you know, user access and things like that, um, then, yeah, those are not ideal uh, uh, resources to use for that. You'd want to go with a, a more of a custom application in those cases. Uh, it's something you just kind of have to evaluate as you, as you evaluate what the needs of the requirements are. Um, what about maybe converting an existing application like i you know like we've got an application we prototyped it it worked but rather than than maintaining it because it's you know it's a couple years old and nobody's really touched it we were thinking maybe converting it to uh, a power app um can we save any of the code that's already there or is it uh throwing out the baby with the bathwater and then just rebuilding the flow in in, the, in a power app most likely we'll be able to salvage at least some of the business logic that's in your code. Um, unfortunately for a lot of that, you're probably going to have to end up recreating a lot of that. Um, so it's probably not ideal for those situations where you're trying to convert something that, uh, that already has a, an application that works for you. So as someone who hasn't, again, used the power uh, platform too much, uh, what, what is the story of maintaining what, so, you know, once we got, an application, a simple app that's out there. Uh, how do we make changes to it? How do you deal with versioning? And and can you check it into Git or, you know, is there a pipeline? That's that's actually one of the weak points right now. Is is uh, you can export the code in XML format, um, but you can't. There isn't any built-in source control for for any of that. So that's something where you have to do it as a manual process, um, especially with like Power Automate. If you make a change to your flow those changes are immediate and, and they take effect immediately. So there's nothing in there for, for most of it. There's nothing in there that will let you create versions of different things. Um, so yeah, that, that is one of the weak points that I hope that they address in the near future. And I think they are working on that, but, uh, but that's something I would really like to see them do is, is at least tie it into Git repositories or things like that. I know 
for instance, uh, Azure Data Factory, which is not quite Power Platform, it's a little bit beyond that. That does have uh, that you can tie that to a Git repository, but for Canvas apps and for Power Automate, um, Power Apps, you know, you you really can't right now without doing manual steps to export that. And it seems like there's been a lot of progress across a, a wide array of different offerings from Microsoft in the past few years. Has there been much uh, new and exciting in the the power space in in Microsoft in in this realm in the fa- in the past few years? Yeah, you know, across the entire Power Platform, there's something that they are constantly working on improving and adding new features. Every time you go in there, you're going to see something new in, in just about all those things. Uh, one of my favorite new features, and I actually blogged about it uh, a couple of days ago, is um, you can now add some C-sharp script to your Power Automate flows uh, as part of a, a custom connector that you create. So it, it's got some limitations or size limitations. There's functionality limitations. You know, there's only a certain number of namespaces that you have access to right now. But for a lot of the functionality that's not built in there, uh, especially things like, like I've already started using it for things like working with custom date functions, uh, as you know, because Power Automate doesn't handle dates very well by itself. Um, so, so that's one of the newest things that I, I've kind of been really excited about seeing where it's going. It's It's still in preview right now. So, you know, if you're doing a production application, you probably want to use Azure Functions or a Logic app instead right now. But it's in there now, and then you can play around with it and, and have some fun with it. And I think it's got a great deal of potential. What are some of the best practices or mindset um, that you kind of have to bring into when you're building uh, a Power Automate or, or Power Power App? Um, the, you know, the biggest thing is just being aware of the gotchas. For instance, I mentioned there's no source control without you manually working with it. Um, there are a number of different licensing tiers, um, which, you know, they've made it, I think, kind of overly complicated um, <laughs> because they're uh, not that Microsoft ever does that. But, <laughs> no, I was um, going to say they're Microsoft. That's what they do. And they make it yeah. overly complicated. So, so, yeah, you know, figuring out what you have access to as part of the license that you may have as a user or a developer is can get fairly complicated. Um, but as long as you, you, once you get to know those kinds of things and get, and get to know how to work around those kinds of things, uh, it's, it's fairly easy to work with. And it's not, there aren't too many, you know, gotchas beyond that, that, that are really tricky things to work with. Yeah. One of the things that I I often try to remember or try to be aware of, or, or any of those pitfalls that we should be uh, aware of or try to avoid, um, like Clayton mentioned, if we've got legacy applications or, or Barrett, if you had mentioned you know, the size of, of workflows and things like that, at some point we are going to find ourselves in, in a certain situation where we've got a very complex order of operations or something. And, and it's often difficult to realize when it's time to pivot, uh, when, it's, when it's time to choose a different direction, when it's time to do a large overhaul of a particular particular application because we often forget that what we are working with is software it should be easy to change so what do you, what do you find when we get into those types of scenarios or or have you gotten into that type of scenario where parts of an application or part of a broader ecosystem need to be swapped in and out are there ways to be aware of that or account for that or plan for that yeah, I mean, th- there are definitely things that are in there to, to help you with that. You know, I, I 
kind of think back to another situation uh, over the past few months where I've worked with a, a particular project for a client where the the performance that I was getting out of what I created for them was not working. It was taking too long. It was something that I thought should run in in minutes, and it was it was something where you know the initial specification said it was only supposed to be used for this certain amount of data. And then over the months since that had grown exponentially and, and the amount of data that they were trying to send through this process had grown a hundred times, maybe 200 times, you know, it just gotten huge. And it was taking hours and hours to run. Um, so that was a situation where I had to go in and reevaluate what I had created for them, go back through. And, and uh, I was able actually, thankfully to <laughs> find a simple solution using uh, actually, and this is a case where they had added some new features to power automate, where I was able to rewrite just a few blocks, took me a couple of days and uh, was able to reduce that back down to running in about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, so yeah, there are times where you have to reevaluate and, you, and there are plenty of tools that are part of all that to help you monitor the kind of performance and to watch out for things like that. You can, you can add alerts and various things to, to help you keep track of those, those uh, issues as they arise. And then, you know, you can evaluate as you go and figure out, well, you know, can I, can I redo this here or do I need to maybe toss this out and rewrite it as say a, an ASP.NET app or a logic app or something like that? Any particular uh, apps or automations that you've been uh, ve- like really proud of or that, that you really enjoyed uh, w- working on? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a number. I, I kind of have to think about what I'm allowed to talk about, uh, you know, being, being a, uh, 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 a consultant, but um, you know, maybe the problems might be the the more interesting part of that. Uh, if if you can even talk about those things without. So I, I think one of the things that that I have uh, been very uh, proud of what I've been able to accomplish in in recent months, especially, is working around some of this uh, stuff where uh, another client was having a need to uh, process you know, their daily hires, people that they would hire in or fire every day and being able to synchronize that information between, uh, you know, their, their HR system, their Azure Active Directory, their licensing, um, and a few other things that, you know, systems that they needed to, to be able to interact with. And I was able to create something that worked, I felt was, was quite an ingenious solution at the time and, and, uh, was able to, uh, uh, get that into place and, and, just, I think it was like three or four weeks. I was able to do it all with the various interactions that they they had required. But um, uh, that's something that that I was very proud of and being able to create for them. Um, yeah, you know, I, 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 it kind of goes back to I work on so many different things. It's kind of hard for me to keep track of everything that I've done. Um, and I'm kind of trying to keep this more focused on the Power Automate and Power Platform, but. Um, I've also been able to work on a number of things in the .NET space in recent weeks, uh, uh, especially um, kind of with some of my studying around Blazor and some of the stuff that I've been able to learn there. And I've been having a lot of fun with that. And just in general, the the ability for or, or my drive to go out and learn new things all the time. That's, that's probably the thing that I, I'm most proud of is, is being able to say to myself, hey, there's something new. There's something that's like fun. And being able to go out and and push myself to learn those things, um, and to you know expand my skill set and being able to apply that to my career and and be a benefit to those that I work with. One one of the things we've mentioned several times has been the logic apps, and um, they're not exactly the power platform, but uh, being that that might be like a 
you know, uh, an extension or, uh, you know, saying, hey, let, let's write this as a logic app. Could you kind of talk a little bit where some of the de- line of demarcation between what you would kind of move in the power app direction versus a logic app direction? Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of, of uh, overlap between, you know, power apps, um, power platform, uh, you know, power automate, logic apps, Azure functions, Azure data factory, uh, you know, between all those, there's, there's definitely a lot of overlap. So um, generally what I, I kind of go by is if something is fairly simple um, and straightforward, I tend to use Power Automate for that. If it's something that's going to require a lot of custom code, then Logic Apps or Azure Functions are a much better way to go. Um, if you're dealing with small amounts of data, Power, Power Automate works great for that. If you're working with a huge amount of data, um, then you want to step up to Azure Data Factory or something like that as far as moving data back and forth between systems. So it, it really has to depend on, on what you think the level of complexity and the amount of data that you think you're going to work with as to which choice I think is the best one to use. What about tooling? How, how do we get started with uh, Power Apps and Power Automate? Are there plugins for VS Code? Are there things that we can put in place in Azure DevOps and in, in Azure Pipelines? Or how do we get started in, in that arena? Yeah, for uh, for for instance, uh, Power Automate and Power Apps, it's mostly web based. Um, so you you would do all of your quote unquote development in the web browser. Um, but when you step up to things like Logic Apps and, and Power Automate, um, or not, not Power sorry, Logic Apps and uh, Azure Functions, then there are extensions that you can add to Visual Studio and VS Code uh, and some other uh, IDEs where you can actually do your development there and then deploy it to the, the uh, system and the environment. Uh, how do you actually kick off a, um, like say you've got a, a power automate, I don't know what you call them, jobs, automation, flow? flow flows is what they call them, yeah. Okay, so say you've got a power automate flow. Uh, what, how, how can you actually kick that off and get that that running? Yeah, there's, there's a number of different triggers that you can have. You can have what's called, uh, or you can have like a schedule trigger so it runs every day, every month, every week, whatever it may be. That's the first kind. You can have what's called a button trigger um, where you actually have a, a form on an app, either on your phone or in the web that you you know may or may not input some information. And then you just click a button and it starts the flow then. Um, there are also what they call uh, uh, instant uh, triggers where some event occurs somewhere that triggers it. So maybe a file gets dropped into OneDrive, maybe... Uh, a new uh, client gets added to your Salesforce data. Maybe uh, you get a new email from a particular client. Um, it's just some some event occurs somewhere and that kicks off the flow that way. So those those are the three main types. Um, you can also run them manually whenever you need to as well. Uh, is there anything else that we that we haven't covered yet about uh, the Power Apps and Power Automate that? that would be important for us to, to know or for someone who, who's interested in, in uh, taking a look? Um, so kind of getting back uh, to the licensing thing. Uh, so if you are, if you have, for instance, an Office 365 license, if you have a Dynamics license, um, if you have a, uh, uh, a MSDN subscription, then odds are you've already got access to at least the the uh, base levels of Power Automate and Power uh, Apps. Um, so you can get in there without any additional cost and, and start playing around immediately. Um, but for a lot of the advanced features, those are those, those do require more dedicated licenses, and, and there are some extra costs involved in that. But 
you know, to get started and get in there and play around, uh, your odds are that you already have access. There is even, I don't know about power apps, but I know for power automate, there is a free level as well, where you can run a limited number of, uh, of flows every month. Uh, they call it their developer or community license. So, uh, so you can actually get in there and get started for free to, to get in there and play around with it and just see how it works and get familiar with the environment. Excellent. Um, you mentioned already the Microsoft Docs uh, website as a great resource. Uh, are there any other resources that you might point our listeners to for folks who are looking to get started or looking to um, learn a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the, the best, uh, and I mentioned April's uh, YouTube channel, there are a number of other uh, YouTube channels of people that talk about that as well, uh, and a number of blogs. But I think if uh, once you get in there and you start playing around, if you have questions, uh, there actually is for Power Apps and for Power Automate a couple of great community sites, um, community forums, where you can go in and you know people are in there, hundreds of people are in there every day asking questions, answering questions, and there's a lot of community support around uh, the Power Platform. Um, there are a lot of people who who have really will go out of their way to to help those that have questions and, and to try to to help everybody come along together. Uh, I think it's one of the best communities that I've kind of ever been involved with myself. So I'm, I'm really enjoying being a part of that community and, and interacting with the people that are out there. So. Uh, what has been helpful in your career that you might share with those just getting started or those maybe looking to level up their own careers? Um, I think generally the, the the biggest piece of advice that I have for anybody who wants to get into the technical space, you know, whether it's a development, developer or you know, business analyst, whatever it is, is to learn your or to improve your communication skills. Um, that is the biggest hurdle I think that most people have in, in getting their career going and getting the career progressing is being able to express yourself, being able to make yourself understood, to be able to explain technical concepts to non-technical people in a way that they understand it. Uh, those skills go far beyond anybody's technical skills. You know, you can learn how to program C sharp. You can learn how to program uh, C++. You can learn how to pro- program JavaScript. But it, even if you know all those things, if you don't know how to communicate effectively with the people around you, you're not going to go anywhere in your career. Where can our listeners go to follow you and keep up with what you're working on? Um, well, I have a personal blog, which is BarrettBlake.dev. That's where I put all my, my technical posts. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, uh, at Barrett Blake. It's two R's, one T. A lot of people get the spelling wrong. Um, but uh, that's uh, where I'm at on Twitter. I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, same, uh, uh, you know, slash in slash Barrett Blake. Um, so those are probably the three pl- best places to get a hold of me. Um, Excellent. Barrett, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This has been, uh, uh, been an absolute blast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. It's been fun. Thank you. That was Barrett Blake. Barrett is a developer, C-Sharp, Dynamics, Power Automate, SQL, etc. He is also a manager, gamer, husband, father, Browns and Buckeyes fan, and board member for JS Friends Conference in Columbus, Ohio. If you like this episode, please like, rate, and review on iTunes. Find show notes, blog posts, and more at sixfiguredev.com. And catch us live each week on Twitch, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at SixFigureDev. This has been another episode of the Six Figure Developer Podcast, helping others reach their potential. I'm John Calloway. I'm Clayton Hunt. And I'm John Ash. Ash.